Hi there, Sharks. I'm Jonathan Little for PokerCoaching.com, here with Tristan Wade, Cash Game Crusher. You played a fun hand recently against oh, yeah. Darren Till. Who's Darren Till? Darren Till, unbelievable UFC fighter, uh, fought for a belt a couple years ago, and is still vying to become a UFC champion. So he's uh, one of the huge prospects in the UFC. That sounds like me in poker. I, I, I tried to win a long time ago, and I'm still there, trying my best. But you won championships. Oh, that's true. Yes. That's lucky. All right, let's take a look at this hand from 510 No Limit Texas Variety at Bellagio. Bellagio, baby. I used to grind at Bellagio all day, every day. The 510 games there were a lot of fun. They still a lot of fun? Oh, yeah. Great. Oh, yeah. All right, you get the ace-king offsuit. Under Pretty good hand. Gun. Yep. You raise it up to 30 bucks, and then under the gun plus one calls, under the gun plus two calls. Which happens to be Darren Till. So he has two to your left. Yep. It's fun to sit next Two to, to my left, but he's pressure. like kind of right in front of me because we're mm. seven-handed. So it's like your face heads up to almost. face with him. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Flop comes. Eight, four, three. Weird flop because if you were against someone like the big blind or maybe the button, you'd have to be a little bit more cautious. But it's kind of all blanks, right? Because you're against two other early position players. That said, we know that Darren likes to splash around a little bit. Yep. So maybe he just has random queen eight suited or something like that. But I think, like, if there's a spot to get after with a continuation bet, this is probably it with Ace-King. Like, there aren't very many boards we completely miss multi-way where you just want to be betting into multiple people. But here, the board probably missed everyone, right? Yeah, and, and that's a good point. Usually when I'm out of position here with Ace-King on, on this kind of board, I'm not just going to be betting mandatory, like, all the time automatic. I'm usually very careful about who's in the hand with me because this is a board where... People aren't going to fold wheel, wheel aces. This is a board where they're not going to fold, fold any pair. This is a board where you're going to get floated by overcards, too. So if you do bet the flop, you need to know what's going to happen when the turn card comes or what you're going to do to react to if someone is floating you. So it's, it's a tricky spot. Yeah, the tough thing about ace-king is you don't really want to check call it. You don't yep. really want to check fold it. And with hands like that, sometimes just using it as a call it a bluff is ideal. So that's what you do. That's what I did this you, time. You bet 50 into 100. 50 is an interesting size. Maybe you're supposed to go smaller. Probably. GTO spots, or, well, think about these spots from a GTO point of view are interesting because you're supposed to be betting small and multi-way pots on uncoordinated boards in most scenarios. But, but, I've discussed this a few times here on this YouTube channel, I like betting bigger, especially in live poker, because people usually just call a little bit wider with their hands they're obviously calling with. And most of the time we're betting here, we're value betting, right? So I don't know. Yeah, Maybe, to be fair, this bet may get them to fold out some stuff that you don't really care if they fold, right? Yeah, I think I think at the time, the bet of 50 was really to target the player in between Darren and I. Whereas if I know this player continues who is a little more solid with a little tighter of a range, then I know I have to either continue bluffing because they have me beat, or they're going to have a pretty good continuation hand themselves. So that was kind of my reasoning at the time for going a little bit bigger. And I also felt like that sizing might help me not get floated as much from the cannon, we'll call him, the gorilla, his real nickname is Mr. Till, from calling me with just any kind of speculative, like, overcards or what have you. And the thing is, is whenever he does fold out those overcards, you're actually getting value from them at the moment. But the problem is, is you're going to underrealize your equity because you're going to end up checking at some point he's going to bluff you, and then you lose, right? Yep. All right, so only Darren calls. You'd obviously rather just pick up the pot, 
but only Darren calls. Turn is a jack. Not a ace, not a king, a jack. We're out of position. Mm -hmm. What do we do? Out of position. We still have the betting lead. We have the best ace high. I mean, what's the point of betting here at this point, I feel like? If I wanted to continue bluffing, then obviously I think I could. I think the jack is pretty innocuous. It doesn't change much. We can continue to rep over pairs or uh, ace jack or what have you. Uh, with that said, I also feel like it's a spot if it goes check, check, we might have the best hand. Yeah, because he could have ace queen, ace 10. Ace five, ace deuce, that yeah. doesn't start bluffing. Uh, five, six, six, seven, that doesn't bluff either because they don't know any better, even though those hands should definitely be bluffing. <laughs> One thing a lot of people do in small stakes games is they just don't bluff enough. They have a hand like ace two and think, ah, you know, ace high is probably good, but it's not, right? And also ace high can get better ace highs to fold. So as your opponent's going to check it back more often, you should be way more inclined to check. And I think... Check's probably fine. And if you do face a medium or big bet here, I would just let it go. It's unfortunate. Like, what are you going to do? Right. And that, that's what I... Yes. If I check and he bets, yeah, unfortunate, what can I do? I don't have a bluff catcher, really, per se. I can't do much. You're not going to win every pot. I hate to break it to you. Thanks. Sorry. I Even mean, when you start with the best hand of ace-king. I try to win every pot, but yeah, <laughs> you just can't win every pot. All right. Rivers a three, pairing the board. So, I want you to take a second. And think about what you would do in this spot with the ace, king. It comes eight, four, three, jack, three. Three is a pretty good card. In this scenario, do you check, looking to check, call whatever he bets? Do you check, looking to fold against a bet? Or do you bet tiny, let's say 20 bucks? Do you bet medium, like 70 bucks? Or do you bet gigantic, like $300? Pause the video and write what you would do in the comment section below. All right, tough spot. Three is actually really good for you because he probably doesn't have a whole lot of threes, right? The only threes that even make sense are ace three suited, which you block hard, and maybe four three suited, which would be a full house, probably best to turn. So there's yeah. like no threes in his range. Maybe king three suited, but you block that too, right? Yep. So this is a, effectively a blank, right? So good. So your options are to check fold. Eh, probably don't want to do that when a lot of draws miss. No. You can check call. It's probably fine. Or we could bet. If you bet, what are we trying to accomplish? As you bet bigger and bigger, you're essentially turning your hand into a bluff, right? Mm -hmm. So if you bet 300 or 100 or something like that, you're trying to get what to fold? An eight? Pocket fives? Are those going to fold? That's about it. Sixes or sevens, yeah. You think he folds? Because I do think that is actually a decent chunk yeah. of his range. Oh, right? yeah, absolutely. I do think most players are going to fold out those type of hands unless... They feel like your line doesn't make sense for checking the turn and now bombing the river on a blank. So you have to really know what kind of player you're up against. If that's someone who's call heavy, I'm not going with a large sizing here. The nice thing about this is that if it does go check, check, you just win a lot, right? So I think the safe play is to just check. Check and then let it go check, 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 maybe check, call. Absolutely. But you do something different. You make a $20 bet. And if you've studied at PokerCoaching.com, you should know that this is a spot where small bets are actually really good with hands that have like 52-ish percent equity against the opponent's range, plus a few nut hands, plus a few bluffs. 
And I think Ace King probably is in right, right in that vicinity. Essentially, you want to ask, are there worse hands that can call a tiny bet? And there are. Here, clearly, there's Ace-Queen, there's Ace-Ten, there's Ace-Nine, there's maybe King-Queen that decides to find a hero call. Mm -hmm. Tiny bets here are great. The only time they are not great is when your opponent's going to raise you a lot and you're going to have a tough time continuing. So how do you, you feel good about this tiny bet? I do. I do. I felt like a small bet here, it gives me a little value for my hand. It freezes the fighter that I'm <laughs> up against because how are they going to respond if they do have an eight? Are they going to raise an eight? Which could be a raising hand in value for them if they did choose to be so. I mean, right. Like, it's not unreasonable to think that someone, if they have ace-eight and they just think I'm value betting a four or two fives or something, or a weaker eight, that they could make it 80 or something. Um, but I don't think every player is on that spectrum. So that's why I think my small bet here is safe to maybe get called by some ace highs, some weaker holdings, like if he's got a 4x type hand or two fives or two sixes, I don't think I'm going to get raised. So I feel like that was a safer play for me to just bet small and hope I get called by the hands I can beat rather than check and maybe have to call half pot or something, which I would be fine with, but I don't think I'm going to encounter as many bluffs as I might value hands in that spot. Yeah, small bets are sweet. Yeah. Get out there and experiment with them. Now, I will say that you said the small bet will freeze the fighter. I don't know if Darren's actually a fighter at the poker table, but some people actually are fighters at the poker table. And if you put out a small bet in this scenario, $20 into whatever this is, 200, 200 yeah. they're going to look at that and say, 180. <laughs> and now you've now you have made them fight. Perhaps if you checked, they would have just checked it back. Or maybe if you checked, they bet, bet 60. And you guys have an easy call, right? So some players are going to put you in a tough spot here. Now, if he is actually a fighter, though, a lot of people who are actually fighters will drastically over bluff. And sometimes you can look and tell. If they think people who look like this are in there trying to be all creative, um, maybe they're going to put you to the test. And it's not really to the test because they think you're going to fold every time. Yeah. So if they think you're going to fold every time, you now need to start calling, especially with hands that block the obvious value bets. So what are obvious value bets on this river? Ace-3, King-3. Ace-Jack, although that probably doesn't ever Jack. check the turn, yeah, right? Yeah, but you see... Our ace-king actually blocks ace-three suited, king-three suited, which are obvious value hands when the river pairs the three. Um, ace-jack, we block that. King-jack, we block that. Holy moly. Another one. If we bet 20 here, you may be supposed to call the raise. And Mr. Till, if you would have raised me there, probably going to pay you off. Yeah, that, that'd be a tough one. That'd be a tough spot. You have to be very careful with this small bet, though, because yes. whenever you make plays that are viewed to be as normal, you will induce something. And so most of the time when you bet this $20 here, you're inducing your opponent to call or fold, which is fine. But sometimes you are actually inducing your more badly opponents to raise. And if you are inducing them to raise, and then you fold out a lot of your value hands, you're just going to get run over. You're just giving them the pot for no reason. So always be aware of what you're inducing and adjust accordingly. So, And that is the beauty yeah. of the small bet. The, sometimes you can bet small with the nuts here. I could have ace three suited, mm -hmm. or I could have fours full or something and do that kind of bet size you know, small 10%, 20% of the pot and then induce my player because they think, oh, Tristan never has a strong value hand to go with this size. And then when I reshove all in on them, <laughs> oh, well. You get them. Yeah, got them. This time, though, you bet $20. Darren called with ace 10. Got him. Ace high worst kicker, $20 into your pocket. 
Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. That's me for today. Hope you enjoyed this video. Thanks to Tristan for being here. Where can people follow you on Twitter? At Tristan Creative. You love creative plays. There's an eight yes. in there. Maybe just Google Tristan Wade. Yeah, you'll Twitter. find me. Cool. Good luck in your games. Have a great week. Click the like and subscribe buttons and the notification bell below. And we'll talk to you next time.